Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. That's right. It's the internet's only college football podcast. But we're also a podcast that likes to look out for your health and welfare. For instance, how long has it been since you've taken a moment for yourself? Even a vacation, if you will. It's probably been too long. And by that, I mean like a week, two weeks. Self-care is important, right? I think we'd all agree on that. You think you think two weeks is too long to go between vacations? It's definitely too. <laughs> anything anything in the year two thousand nineteen can be self care, right? Welcome, welcome to the shutdown forecast, France's most radical podcast. <laughs> the fifteen hour work week. Too we, long. Yeah, it's, it's grueling, but I think it's the way forward for this company. Our fat sons are ready to shatter heaven. <laughs> we. We asked y'all uh, for, and by y'all, I mean our loyal listeners, both on the Shutdown Fullcast Reddit and on the Shutdown Fullcast Twitter account. We asked y'all to tell us about your vacation disasters. And good, good lord, did you reply. An enormous because- amount of y'all have pooped in church, <laughs> which I... That's absolutely not what we were asking for. Listen, the spirit moves different people in different ways, all right? Hey, God said 10% of everything is his. (laughs) (laughs) Including your ass. Why is is God George Carlin in this case? (laughs) Well, when he's nice, he's Thomas the Train George Carlin. Right, right, right. Thomas felt something loose. (laughs) <laughs> wait what so, new testament god is george carlin as a train mm-hmm. 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 and then old testament god is just george carlin yeah right and then, and then in revelation he's like the caricature meme of george carlin and mormon god is dan carlin i have new histories for you <laughs> but good lord y'all responded i will say this People on vacation, when things go wrong, there is no going wrong in third gear. Nope. Either people will tell stories like, oh, I don't know, my sister got the chicken pox and it was kind of kind of a bummer. Or it was, my sister got a virus that the CDC still can't identify. Like, it's, it's first gear or fifth gear. Things either go real well or they go tragically wrong. My sister vomited in the gas tank and her car blew up. <laughs> oh my god, you just reminded me of my vacation disaster. I thought I didn't have one. Oh god. Excellent. That shouldn't be a prompt. Why would- never mind. Should we start by presenting our own vacation disasters? In the spirit of transparency, yeah. Right. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, because we are, we are like a- uh, we're like Congress. We don't want to be audited. Right. <laughs> We don't want to. We don't want to play this game of truth or dare without providing either a truth or the dare, right? Um, I would so the like, dare would yeah. be to create a new vacation disaster, buddy. I, I got kids. I've already taken that up. I dare it. you to go put out the fires in Antarctica because there there are those now. Wait, what? <laughs> or is it the Arctic? One of them. One of them's burning. Whoever, fine. whoever whoever has the itchy mouse finger, I will find you and kill you. Oh my god, the clicking. I know it's Spencer. I just it's know not. It is. It's not. Honestly. It's not me. For for once, for once, I am not the problem. Before I we will... Okay. So people on the, the full cast Reddit said that we're too mean to Spencer. Is this true? No, one person said that. There was a whole thread and there were there were people who suggested there were, that they there felt were this upvotes way. and agreeers. Is this before or after the guy who asked if I was really smart or if it was just in contrast? Wow, that was... I there, mean, are, there are factions forming. Um, Spencer, ask, Spencer ask, are we too mean to you? I ask no quarter, fuckers. Bring it. Does the bear Does the bear apologize for his pause? No. I feel like it's our way of reclaiming our time from him. Exactly. All the time he's wasted. Yeah, I think people misunderstand that, like, A... Almost, almost all of the bullshit on here is a bit. Ryan and I do violently Ryan, dislike each you? other. Right. Thank you, thank you, Jason, for correcting the record. Um, also, we have to put up with Spencer all of the time. Yeah. 
Not There's just a, not just when we record the full. That's cast. a lot of a sometimes food. You know, when you see people playing on the field and you go, "Wow, a football game is really only eleven minutes of action." Do you know how much training goes into those eleven minutes? Now think of that time for this particular podcast and their lives as being the training, the practice, the grinding that goes into tolerating me for just the length of this podcast. That Spencer, you sound like you're about to burst into song. Do you feel a song coming on? I do. This actually makes me happy. Perfect. See, let's go. No, no quarter asked, none given. All right. Well, Spencer, let's start with your vacation disaster, please. Yeah. And if you think y'all are mean to me, let me tell you what. Food poisoning has been way worse. And this is the story. I was on a very long vacation in China. And when you normally when you say, I went on a very long vacation in China. Like Bruce usually Wayne. Mean, it yeah, usually means prison or <laughs> I was training to become a, a, a vigilante. Or both right? in Bruce Wayne's case. Or or both in Bruce Wayne's case, right? And in mine, it was sadly neither. It was just vacation. This was in Kunming, China. Lovely city, right? Fantastic hills, great climate, produce. Just, yeah, just a perfect place. It has everything you want when you go on vacation. Produce hills and a mild climate were you playing sim city what the fuck are you talking about i don't know how you go on vacation ryan wants to go to the city where they've got disasters on and somebody built an enormous pyramid in the middle of town just to put the little mansion on top but oh i forgot how am i gonna get the wires up there you're talking about memphis right that's <laughs> If you built, have you ever built Memphis in SimCity? I have. And do you want? Do you know what? Do you know what Memphis is in SimCity? No. Wildly successful. <laughs> <laughs> like regulations zero. Traffic nightmare. Zoning off. Money piled high, son. Piled high. So anyway, I'm in I'm in Kunming, China, and one night. For dinner, a guy um, just, I'm about to eat some chicken, and this guy puts an entire tub full of turtles through the window from the street. Like, just shoves them, and in Chinese says, they're turtles, they're good, you should eat them. Mm -hmm. Natural pitch. Like, the salesmanship was just innate. Is this the produce? That's what I'm talking about. Everything you want in a good city. Climate, produce, and turtles. So the guy puts them in my face and, you know, he's like, yeah, hey, the cook can make them for you. You can, you know, here, just buy them. I'll give them to you for a good price. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat turtles. I just ordered some chicken. Also, those are turtles swimming in front of me. And I'm feeling a little, feeling a little sad at the moment about the idea of eating these beautiful, adorable ukwe. So I went and I ate the chicken. And then I woke up at like two in the morning and... You know, in every vampire movie, when they're like, I turned cold, I couldn't sleep. I was alternately hot and then freezing. The change. You're, you're describing the change. I was going through the change. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I thought I was going through the change. I could not hold my hand still. I started moving down the hallway and off the walls, moving back and forth uh, because I could not walk a straight line. Yeah. This is why it's called menopause. Mm-hmm. And uh You were entering adulthood. <laughs> I was. My fangs weren't quite out yet. It turns out when you become a vampire. This due is to when food you get your egg tooth. Yeah. When, when you become a vampire due to food poisoning, you get none of the cool parts of vampirism and all the really bad parts, right? What are the cool parts? A vampirism mm -hmm. or a food poisoning vampirism? Vampirism. Turn vampirism? into a bat. I mean, you get to fly, right? That's cool. You get to stay up real late. Uh, mm -hmm. You get 15 credit hours at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Instantly, right? Excellent. Um, yeah, you get um, you get an excuse to get out of social occasions for a real long time. Nobody right? makes you eat vegetables. Yeah, no. You can't even do it. Cape. According free cape. Free, free cape. Is that free? Yeah. Or you have to buy your graduation gown. It, no. it, what, does it sprout on you? Yeah. Like you're like molting or something? Is this like a Doctor Strange situation? Is it your familiar? It's like you've never played a Super Mario World. 
what if you're a vampire and you just get like a lame cape, right? Like your cape of many colors, like patchwork. It means a lot to me. I'm an Appalachian vampire. My cloak of many colors. I'm a deeply mm-hmm. Christian vampire. <laughs> uh, the uh, but I believe in the free market. <laughs> there we go. That's a Tennessee vampire. Yeah, that's right. I only eat poor people. The uh, because I'm supposed to. The the bad parts about being a food poisoning vampire are pretty much everything. Because I remember thinking when I was going down the hallway of this Chinese hostel, I was like, one, I might really be dying. Two, I remember thinking, it's kind of cool that my hands won't stop shaking this badly. <laughs> it's like a toy. You're just that, like, that, that's well, that hasn't cool. happened before. <laughs> Again, you're Dr. Strange. Yeah. And three, I thought, well, you know what? Probably going to learn something tonight. <laughs> that's why I remember thinking that as I passed out. And I only know that I had passed out because I felt like I was like, oh, my cheek's cold. That's because it was on the floor. I remember being put in a Chinese, I remember being put in a Chinese ambulance in the middle of the night with an extremely grumpy looking cop. Uh, I remember waking up in the hospital again on the floor. I remember going up in the elevator and thinking, wow, this elevator is really strong. It's carrying me. Thank you, strong elevator. And then I passed out again. I remember waking up in the hospital and they were taking blood. And the way they take blood on vacation as a food poisoning vampire, at least at this point in China, is they took a razor blade and slashed the end of my finger. Guy's like, yeah, I'm going to take some blood. I'm like, okay, cool. Ah! And guy just slashed the end of my finger. And I remember sitting there completely too weak to, to move, watching a lady paint carp on TV because that was the big that was the big show at the time. That's the like day- the Chinese Bob Ross. Yeah, Chinese Bob Ross. They were just painting happy carp, man. Like big happy carp. And uh after about a day in the hospital, you know, there I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm gonna die. And they're like, no, you just ate some bad chicken. That's all. But fully hospitalized on vacation at a Chinese hospital. Yay. So That's- do you do you think if you had gone the turtle route, you would have avoided this calamity or suffered something far worse? You know, given the way things usually work when you're that far away from home, I bet it was just doubling down on disaster, right? Like, mm-hmm. you think the decision tree here was this. You know, this could have gone right if you'd just done this. Nope, that's not the way it works. It was, you have option A, which is bad, and then option B, which is insanely bad. Right. Choose wisely. Life, life is not always goofus and gallant. Sometimes it's goofus and goofus with hepatitis. <laughs> you don't this was a dilemma in the sense that i think i only had bad choices yeah so i ran headlong into one but you know shouts out to kunming general that was really great y'all and it's strong elevator and it's strong masculine elevator that is my worst personal disaster story it was the time that i got turned into a uh, powerless vampire by bad chinese chicken holly how did i accidentally trigger your memory of your vacation disaster well my family's full of hillbillies we're always getting injured everywhere like you know blood pouring out of unexpected limbs and unexpected places is just not a new experience for me home or abroad or for anyone that i'm related to but when you you reminded me of something my mother always used to yell at me for uh, when i was a kid which was Uh, reading books during family vacations when we were supposed to be driving through beautiful places like national parks and and getting out to look at hot springs and uh, cooing over the majesty of nature and I would be in the backseat of the car with my face stuck in a book. Uh, She had to limit me at one point to uh, one paper grocery sack full of books like that was all I could bring on vacation. Because otherwise they would have just overflown a ticket in the car. So anyway, one summer, I'm like seven. My brother's like five. We drive in my parents' ancient Jeep Cherokee, uh, all four of us, out to Colorado to see my family up there. And this, I think this trip has been referenced on the show before because it's how I ended up at Laramie Frontier Day or Cheyenne Frontier Days the weekend of some insane murder. Was that a different podcast? I don't know. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Was that on it? I feel like that was on It Seems Smart at some point. Anyway, my mom is grumping and grousing at me the entire trip because all through this like four day drive through the world's largest ball of string in Kansas or whatever, and all through the Badlands in South Dakota and winding our way down to Colorado. I'm like sitting in the back reading, I don't know, Babysitter's Club Mysteries or whatever. I was seven, probably Stephen King. Um, and then on the way home, at the start of a four-day drive, they let my little brother sit in the front seat, and he threw up into the air conditioning vent. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. On it's like, in my suit. On, like, <laughs> hour fucking crop three. Duster. On, like, on, like, hour three of, a four, of day one of a four-day journey. And years later, like, I, I was in college, and I got this vintage postcard from my mother, uh... And I, I flipped, it was like a, a family, an old timey family, everybody looking miserable, uh, posing in front of uh, Yellowstone. And I flipped it over on the back. She had written, in retrospect, reading a book through the Badlands is maybe not the worst thing you could have done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Mom. Sorry about the car. It's horrifying. Um, Jason, you want to you wanna give us yours? So, uh, my worst vacation experience involves no externally visible injury, physical or financial. Well, financial, yes, because we went to Disney. This was my first trip there as a paying customer, first time as an adult. This was, I think, maybe like four years ago. Um, and everything is fine. You're paying a shitload of money. That's never, never comfortable. But um, everything's fine. I enjoyed Hollywood Studios. The zoo park is fine. Uh, then we get to Magic Kingdom, which I believe this is the one tagline, the happiest place on earth. I found it. I, f- I found myself disagreeing with that tagline. Um, for one thing, I'm very tired of being at Disney. You know, we've, we've been here at this very expensive place for a long time. Uh, the rest of my family is having a great time, and that's awesome. Uh, I am slowly becoming disenchanted with the amount of money I'm, this is, this is the thing that really triggers it is the amount of money I'm forced to pay for shitty food. And I'm, I'm less and less pleased with the food selections over time as we're spending 16 hours per day at these, at the parks. Um, and the one, I think the highest rated restaurant at magic kingdom was this like nacho place. It was like this old West wild west style nacho place and i'm like okay this would be (laughs) you can't fuck up nachos this is something to look forward to um we do it and it's sub taco bell for like 15 dollars a plate (laughs) no the food the food at disney will make you bitter yeah and listen for everybody out there who has yet to go on the trip the key is to go is to eat breakfast in your room and eat dinner away from the park and just shell out for lunch that's it you'll survive well, here's the thing about the Kirks. We show up at that with the place opens and we don't leave till it's closed. So I admire that. that that's really, an ethos. <laughs> I wouldn't say this is my choice, but it's how it's how we do business. Come and um, take it. And by it I mean these mouse ears. <laughs> so after this meal, I am as close to a shambles as I can possibly get. Uh, I don't really like to talk about feelings because I have a very hard time producing them. Um, people often tell me I should talk about them more, and then I try wait, wait, very wait. hard Jason, to manufacture what? feelings to have that I can talk about. But Jason, what was the deal with the nachos? They sucked. They were shitty. Okay. And this set me off because, all right, I'm trapped in this place. Am I being detained? Basically, this is what this is. This is what okay. this is Understood. triggering. And now I am just a, a depressed mess. Cannot speak. Can barely walk. No. Uh, what is this? Is this day day the end of day two at Disney or, or three, beginning three? Oh, yeah. No, day three. Yeah. So, yeah. End of the day, uh, there is like this parade uh, around Magic Kingdom. It's cool. It's the happiest thing in the world. It's like you're riding on fucking Rainbow Road, right? Like, it's all the characters blinking and flashing past you. It's the electrical parade. Yeah. And I that is an extremely annoying parade if you're not in the mood for it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That is maybe the most I I love it. That is maybe the most annoying thing that they do, objectively. I think if we'd been there for one day and I had not had a shitty meal of bad nachos, I would have been like, oh, this is awesome, you know. 
Uh, I was just not in the frame for it. I was as as depleted as I could possibly be in every way. Um, I'm sitting on the ground surrounded by people who are like standing and clapping and singing. And I'm and it's like compounding, you know, you're like, this is ridiculous. I, I have been broken by Disney, you know, so now you're wallowing in shame. And, and wow, man, it, this it is was, this is it was a you're, you're sort of at that point where like. Jason Bourne is getting he's getting into the Treadstone program. And they're like, commit to this. Commit to this program, Jason. <laughs> well, Wait, there is one thing here. There is oh, there is sorry. a self-care element. There okay, is a, there is a remedy. There is an elixir. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, right. Boy. Is because it an Epcot? It's Epcot. Day four, you go to Epcot. Oh, baby. You, you, you do the drinking tour. If it mm-hmm. takes $200 to cure your ailments. You spend two hundred dollars. You you go to France, you get the cognac slushy. You go to England, you get the bar kiosks. I just I can't believe you made it to day four. Yeah, man. He was already dead at that point. It didn't matter. No, day four was awesome. He was crawling, but in day four he made it to the oasis. On, on day four we rose again, brother. Jason, your discussion of the Main Street Electrical Parade reminded me that I have another vacation disaster at that same parade that I had just forgotten about. Uh, Same branch of the family, though. My Aunt Mothman was knocked unconscious by one of the seven dwarves swinging a prop lantern. (laughs) It was was dopey, wasn't it? No, it was Doc, man. We were sitting on the curb of the street and the seven dwarves come like strolling down the street, you know, swinging little things jauntily. And one of them just clocks, clocks my mom's sister in the side of the head and she falls out into the street. That's targeting. That's targeting. How are you not going to call it targeting? Yeah. Yeah, we got pictures of it. If it had been a different state, you could sue for medical malpractice, but... My my grandpa was mad at her the whole way. My grandparents lived in Central Florida, so we we were at Disney a lot. And my grandpa was furious with his injured daughter the whole way back to their house because he's like, "If you just stayed in the street, we could own that damn park by now." <laughs> like he was mad that she popped right up immediately. He's like, "No, no, no, stay down. We're gonna see what we can get out of this." Um, unlike your stories, I am the antagonist of my vacation disaster story because I am not the victim. My brother was, uh, I think I was nine or 10, which puts him at seven or eight. We are on a family vacation in Key West. We are staying at some sort of timeshare condo, whatever, whatever. And in one of the bedrooms, my brother and I find a footlocker, like the kind, you know, the, the sort of like cheapo one you find with the gold, corners and the the like the brass the corners and brack lock you, yeah you find it like at walmart for 28 dollars around yeah. school move-in time it's probably made a press board yes so i decide i'm going to put my brother in this and we're just going to do some like magic show bullshit so i convince him to get crawl in the um the footlocker i close it I don't lock it per se because it doesn't have like a padlock or a combination or something, but I do fasten it shut. Oh, per se, counselor. However, I cannot open it at this point. Like, this is not me fucking with my brother. I literally cannot open it. At first, he thinks I'm just messing with him. And then that turns into intense panic and screaming and kicking. So I go get my dad from the other room and he's like, okay. We're just going to have to, like, take it off the hinges. Now, if we were at home, that would have been a, like, fairly easy thing. You go into the garage, you grab a drill. Maybe you grab, like, a pry bar or something, pop it open. We are staying in a rental property, which has, like, the world's teeniest, shittiest Phillips screwdriver. So my dad has to painstakingly unscrew four Phillips, uh, Phillips head screws while my brother is screaming that he's going to die. And then we have to do three more days of vacation with him just silently hating me. And probably to this day still thinks that I like tried to murder him when in reality I was just bored and bad at fun. Like, like seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. Bad at fun. The shutdown full cast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have... I will say, maybe with the exception of Spencer, even that, like, 
our stories don't really come close to some of the madness mm-hmm. that y'all have suffered or visited upon others. Like, I don't even... Jason, do you just want to start with one here? From uh, internet subscriber Hamilton Cook. Went to Chattanooga Train Museum as last trip before kindergarten. Fell down a manhole. <laughs> you idiot. We're already doing very well. Spencer, you've taken Spencer, you've taken your kids there a lot. How has this never happened? I don't know, but oh god, I'd be so angry. <laughs> Once I'd verified that the child was not dead or seriously <laughs> maimed, I would have the anger of the gods. Oh god. Well, here's what you'd have to do. <laughs> In order to extricate your boy from that pit. <clears throat> Hamilton continues, quote, Storm drain cover was too small, so I wily coyoted my way toward the Tennessee sewers. Thankfully, the side I fell down had pipes to land on about 10 feet down instead of the other side, which was an abyss for 30 feet. Oh, God. Like, now we're in the fucking fugitive. One concussion and nearly broken neck later, my 6'6 dad climbs down and pulls me out. That is how I nearly became Tennessee Sewer Batman. <laughs> Some say Hamilton's still down there to this day. I'm so I'm so mad at this dude for his dad. I'm so <laughs> mad. Dad says, oh, God damn it. <laughs> this little fucker went and fell down a cavern. It's 30 feet to the other side. Oh, God. This this little shithead is twenty feet below ground in Chattanooga. That's the part they should have shown in Batman Begins was Thomas Wayne being like, "What the fuck are you doing playing by the well? What the fuck are you doing down in that twenty foot pit full of who bats? the shit is afraid of bats? We have a whole mansion and you have a Game Boy. That's how you know get out of the well. That's how you know they're rich, right? And that's how you know his dad was raised rich because he falls down the well and he says, "Oh, well." What a terrible thing. As opposed to, God damn it, do you know what you could have cost this family? <laughs> Bruce, why do we fall down? Because your mother raised a goddamn moron. Why do we fall down so we can sue Disney and get the whole park? Like Thomas Wayne just says, Oh, I'll buy another boy. Yeah. <laughs> but if you got a working man's dad like like Hamilton here, he's like, God damn it, I'm not paying for it. We gotta fix this one. <laughs> I'm not making another one. I'm tired. It's too, it's too <laughs> late to... These things. We I'm didn't six, save six. the receipts. It's too late to return them for store credit. They tell you they tell you that extended warranty's bullshit, but I'm, now I'm wishing I got it. If we leave him down there, somebody's going to come and make me pay for everything he breaks while trying to climb his way back to safety. You couldn't just be a typical kid and die of a firearms accident <laughs> or falling off of the bilo when you were huffing inhalants out of the air conditioner. But no, instead Go you balls. had to get in a well. God damn it, Tennessee sewer. Batman, get out. We got a Chattanooga duck boat tour rented <laughs> 30 minutes from now. It's called train museum, not tunnel museum. <laughs> Stupid shit. Holly, what do you God, doing? my mother would have left me. Anyway. Oh, you want one of my stories? Yes, please. I'm going to pair two of these together because they're fairly short and I don't really love the stories so much as I love two of the phrases in the stories. Uh, Reddit user Bexley P submitted a story uh, in which, and I'm quoting here, well, in in which two uncles gave uh, 25 to 30 people at a family reunion food poisoning uh, in a two bathroom house at a, at a, cousin's retreat on lake martin Uh, but the perpetrators were described as two uncles with wild contempt for food safety which i just really appreciated (laughs) that's redundant um and the other one that i just really thought had a beautiful turn of phrase in it was from jordan who sent us a story about a week-long hiking trip to romania in which he sprained both knees on day three but the part that stuck out to me was that he was stuck in a hostel with holes in the ceiling and a mean horse. <laughs> mean horse in Romania. Like the mean horse just sounds like the worst part. Like you're you're sitting there in Romania with both your legs propped up and wrapped in ice and like carrots or whatever is just over there giving you the shit eye. Got to fight got to fight the horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> mean horse mean horse needs to be a college football mascot at this See, it's point it's another it's another ineffective form of vampirism that was a he's mean horse, horse and he don't like you yeah but his teeth are flat so he can't ever get the blood right he's just, oh that would suck so bad. and here comes the middle tennessee state mean horse <laughs> being bitten by a vampire horse oh god, this was oh god those, those flat teeth just gnawing into your neck just grinding down like vampire cow it's just kicking me ineffectively over and over again what about vampire whale that would suck <laughs> Ooh, vampire krill would be way worse though You'll never see those fuckers coming. This one comes from Paperboy615 on Reddit. Uh, every year my family has a huge five-day-long family reunion uh, where it, uh, me and my siblings raised in Nashville meet up with a contingent of the family in Sigourney, Iowa, where my siblings and our cousins would have the run of a hunting lodge facility. One of the rooms in this facility had a treadmill. When my cousin was nine... He realized that instead of having the speed listed as slow to fast, this treadmill went from tame to extreme. And no, there is not an E at the front of that. Being a dumbass, my cousin got on and cranked it up. When he couldn't keep up, he fell down, could not get off the treadmill, and ended up getting most of the skin rubbed off the back of his neck, left shoulder, wow. and left side of his back. <laughs> You put him on a belt sander. <laughs> Rather than take him to the hospital, his parents opted to send an uncle to Dollar General for ban <laughs> for bandages and patched him up themselves. Uncles, man. Later that same reunion, my brother, then six years old, was jumping from bed to bed in another room, only to overshoot and knock three of his teeth out on a nightstand. <laughs> Once again, no medical professional was alerted, and my parents just told him to... This is exact phrasing. Put them back in place for the remainder of the trip. Like hold them there? Like I think just insert them like you were some sort of uh operation doll. Like they're damn Legos. Yes. See, exactly. this is this is what I meant when I said I couldn't think of any vacation disasters, because this is exactly the attitude that greeted every would-be calamity in my family once my brother and I were like three. And now here's the thing. In, in defense of the parents involved here, once, when your brother knocks out three teeth, once you've already committed that multiple layers of skin being rubbed off multiple parts of a child's body does not warrant a trip to even, like, urgent care, yeah, man, losing some teeth is not going to get you there. You really oh, got to, no. you really, you got to show some consistency. No, there was, there was, do you know what happened before this to get them to that point? Right. These were normal people once. They had souls, they had dreams, they had joy in their hearts, and then they had this child. <laughs> this is what this really is: is it's the intense commitment to vacation where you're like, "We're not gonna, you are not gonna ruin this." Oh yeah, yep. I don't because care. I don't care if your spleen ruptured. You don't you probably don't need it. I don't even think it's that. I think it's pre-ruined. They're like, "Yeah, we're going on a ruined vacation because Kevin's coming." <laughs> My blissfully childless friends and I used to wander around behind screaming children at Disney, just hissing, happiest place on earth, happiest place on earth. And that has never been repaid to us in cosmic debt. Nope. Oh, I forgot a detail about Magic Kingdom, the place yeah. that um, murdered my soul. You know the name of the person who runs Magic Kingdom? No. Walt it's Mickey? Jason Kirk. What? what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have to find this man and defeat him. Oh yeah, he's, mirror, he's, he's go. your mirror link. Oh, yeah, my God, Fuck. yeah, yeah. I'll I'll defeat him by jumping and holding the sword down. <laughs> He'll never see that coming. You mentioned, by the way, you a mentioned... customer with a sword has entered the park. <laughs> it's I'll Disney; leave. they sell swords. It's the master sword. I'm allowed to it's, have it. Spencer, it's a lightsaber. I know the story you're about to tell. Don't do it. No, I'm going to do it. I don't think you know the story I'm about. to Oh, tell. I thought you were going to tell the story about Disney Jail. No, no, you're saying you used to go up behind kids at Disney and say, happiest place on earth. No, no, not to the kids. We would say this to each other whenever we would see, like, parents crying. Okay, well, because one time I had a bystander pass me at the Atlanta Zoo. You've definitely told this, this story. <laughs> but please, yeah, I don't no, no, remember no. this one. Please go ahead. Yeah, and I had, I had, my, I had my, my kid, the one who destroyed all patients in my life. Um, Wait, which one is that? Uh, the elder. Oh, okay. Um, you know, after it's a after fair the, question, you make it sound like he's a sunken god. He and, and then the elder appeared. Listen, he's he's yeah, he's a lot. He is. 
he he's is. a lot and at that time we had because he was really small we had uh one of those well, like we seriously had him on a leash that was exactly what we needed to do we've wanted one of those for you for years no mm-hmm. one's blaming you for putting one on an actual child and i had him on the leash and this dude like just this like tiny little sullen looking dude in a manchester united shirt looks up at me leading my kid to the zoo and says i don't know that just looks so demeaning and before (laughs) and i heard demeaning and at the minute the g finished i looked at him and with no particular plan in mind fixed my eyes on him and just said bitch good choice no like no like nothing no warning I didn't know what I was doing. And the guy just looked so shook. He just kept walking. And honestly, I was like shook too. Cause I was like, I don't know what I was going to do. You've had a lot of conflict at the zoo. It's, <laughs> I need to stay away. Speaking of conflict and revenge. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Amanda. We get to tell everyone about the new pod eaters digest eaters digest. That is right. Our brand new podcast. It is available now. It's everything you need to know about the world of food every week with a little help from the biggest names in the industry and food journalists from the Eater Newsroom. We're going to talk about everything from the worst things that diners do in restaurants to fake meat. We're going to talk about food delivery tech. We are going to argue a lot about how to best behave in restaurants. Oh, yeah. Big time. So many things. Food I mean, there's politics. nothing we can't touch. Food and politics? Food and politics, maybe. Yeah, yes, food and politics yeah. comes up. Yep. It might make you laugh. It might make you think. It might even make you hungry, Daniel. Um, so subscribe to Eater's Digest for free today on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. Hey, I'm Jason Del Rey, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Land of the Giants. In it, we examine the most powerful tech companies of our time. Season one is called The Rise of Amazon. It's about how Jeff Bezos turned what was just an online bookseller into one of the biggest companies in the world and how it transformed the way we shop, live, and work. We'll explore how Amazon Prime is the key to the company's success and how it's something you'll never quit. We'll see what happens when Amazon builds a warehouse in a small Kansas town and then also what happens when it decides to leave. And we'll ask, why is Amazon building microwaves powered by Alexa? And what is with all the robots it's building? And of course, we'll tackle the biggest question of our time. Is Amazon too big, too powerful? Land of the Giants from Recode and the Vox Media Podcast Network. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Listen and subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. Hey, I'm Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge, host of The Vergecast. We've been revamping The Vergecast more and more lately, and we're coming out with episodes twice a week, sometimes even a third bonus episode. On Tuesdays, I talk to influential people around the world of tech, like Microsoft founder Bill Gates and other tech execs like the founder of Lime Scooters, the CEO of Beyond Meat. We've also been talking to a lot of reporters and academics about the major pressing policy issues in tech, like Facebook's content moderation, they're not doing great, YouTube's harassment plan, or lack thereof, and whether or not the government should break up Amazon, which... Maybe they should. And then every Friday, I sit down with executive editor Dieter Bone and Paul Miller for our chat show. We cover the latest in tech news and product reviews. We bring in our other reporters from around The Verge. That show is a party. You should listen to it. You can hear all that and more if you subscribe to The Vergecast wherever you get your podcast. We'd love for you to listen and join us. So again, subscribe to The Vergecast wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Hello, listener. I'm Sean Ramos from host of Today Explained, Vox's daily news podcast. Every day, Monday through Friday, my team and I look at what's happening in the world. We pick one essential news story that defines our moment and ask smart people to help us understand it in about 20 minutes or less. It's the perfect way to start or end your day. Subscribe to Today Explained for free on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. It's from Stitcher and the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is maybe my favorite one. And it's from Heather on Twitter, at HC1059. Went to Cancun on spring break. My then boyfriend threw a bar stool through a window, then ran away. <laughs> leaving me to get arrested for vandalism alone. Spent two days in Mexican prison waiting for bail, which I spent planning my revenge 
Now, this was kind of dramatic because that's just the first tweet. So for a minute, there was a cliffhanger. Like, I sort of thought because she did not follow up on it, maybe she was still engaged in this, like, years-long plan of revenge, and we were going to get a tweet in three years that was like, so. <laughs> the operation is concluded. The operation is complete, yeah. Like, he's now in a box, armless and legless, <laughs> in my basement. Forever. I make him watch things he doesn't like on the television because he can't walk away. So, she did reply. And in the second tweet, continued, Y'all gotta make a vacation disaster part two, but it involved damaging his new F-150 Texas edition and minor credit card fraud. Nice. <laughs> Seems light, honestly. Yeah, he got off easy. You messed up his Texas edition F-150, though. Merciful is what I should say, not like I think, merciful. No, that is that is merciful, because I think you get damaged, if that's the case. If you leave me in Mexican prison alone for two days for something I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just bad. Nah. It's amazing. It's amazing, Fuck that Heather. guy. I'm fucking... <laughs> I just know, she was probably in there, right? And the guards were like, so what's up? And she told them, they were like... Man, you gotta leave him. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so you're better. So, you're better than that. You deserve better than that, Heather. <laughs> so here's thank what you, Juan do. Pablo. <laughs> um, can I hit you with a? Uh, I think this is a dad combo. Oh, it's a dad and uncle combo. Just to continue the uncle theme. Uh, from Scott Go Blue three one four on Twitter. Summer two thousand. Hiking in Maine. Mom slips and hurts her ankle. Dad tries to carry her, slips, shatters her ankle, and we have to wait hours for him to run down this mountain to get help. She still has the plates and screws in. Long recovery leads directly to divorce a year later. This is the um, Cliff Wife meme. <laughs> the cursed Cliff Wife. No, this wife. is how Cliff Wife should have gone. <laughs> this is the, yeah, the, the uh, PG-13 rated Cliff Wife. God. Uh... So let's continue the theme of men being very good at uh, relationships and particularly on vacation from Patrick Burnett on Twitter. Burnett with a Y, please. When I was seven years old, I came down with chickenpox on day two of vacation with extended family. Turns out uncle never had it as a kid, so he got it. He was so miserable to be around on drive home from South Carolina to New Hampshire. His girlfriend broke up with him. <laughs> wow that's it like like i i kind of feel like this might have been not even a tipping point like like you were like 99 percent dumped already because she knows this is a one-time thing you can mm. literally can only get chicken pox once that's the entire like that's uh, the arc of it that's yeah. what launched this whole story to begin with have it, you ever do you were any of you ever on a vacation as a child with somebody like a family member or a family friend or something and their partner in the middle of like the disintegration phase of the relationship. Cause I have been stuck in a canoe oh God, <laughs> with, with a woman who's a friend, a good friend of our family and her boyfriend at the time, his name was skip. And while they basically just, <laughs> there, there, there's your problem. While they basically just sniped and fought with each other for like, an hour and i have such crystal clear memories of being like seven years old and being like oh no oh no this is bad and i'm in a boat with them i can't go anywhere skip can i skip just take the loss can i add one story to the pile of an uncle who saves the day yes mm -hmm. oh the redeemer right. uncle Yes, this one comes from Reddit user Gigger of Them. I appreciate this construction. Who says he calls this story Texas-sized toothache. While we were still in college and before we got married, I went down the Texas coast with my wife's family. The day before, I noticed some tooth discomfort, but I wasn't about to cancel a vacation for a sore tooth. We get there and the pain is still present, but the alcohol helps. As the day goes on, more drinking ensues and the pain starts to catch up. I don't want to be a bother, so I subdue it with more drinking. 
I also try just letting a shot of bourbon sit on my sore tooth, but that just makes my gums and cheek raw with no tooth relief. I picked this one special for all of our uh, dentistry fraud enthusiasts the scam. on the show. The next morning, I wake up a little hungover and half my face is swollen. At this point, I can't even breathe through my mouth without my <laughs> tooth hurting, and I can feel my heartbeat in my mouth. Huh. So apparently that's suboptimal. So I reluctantly ask for help. Luckily, my wife's uncle is a doctor. So I get her mom to call her brother and inform him of the situation. He prescribes me some pain meds and an antibiotic because he suspects it's an infection. It helps me get through the day and ride back home the next day. I go to the dentist on Monday and find out it's an infection in the root of my tooth. They can extract the tooth or I can get a root canal. However, he said he didn't know any root canal specialist that would operate on a tooth that far gone, so I opt to rip it out. He tells me that they probably could have saved the tooth had I come in sooner. This is kind of a sad story, but I really loved the coda. Still have a missing tooth. I never got an implant. I like it because it's a nice little spot for my straws. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice hack. Gigum indeed. I was I was gonna say, man, that is that is lemonade from lemons right there. By the way, like all of these stories, actual lemonade, yeah, through a straw. Like, that's that's the second most Texan story I've ever heard about home dentistry or home care. The first being a guy whose dad I know. Um, the dad fell off a horse but was alone on his ranch, so he filled up his bathtub with ice, got four bottles of Jack Daniels, and just hauled himself in with whatever ghastly injuries had happened from this dehorsing and uh, just said, well, I'm going to sit in this ice bath and drink Jack Daniels until something gets better or gets worse. Dehorsing. I call this my Lazarus fit. <laughs> did he go to AM? <laughs> yes, he did. There should be Lazarus spas in Texas. I know we've already done horse spas, but... Does, does Texas A&M have a med school? Because if not, their amateur med school would be incredible. I like to call him a lazy ass pit. <laughs> I feel like I feel like at A and M they're probably still the kind of people who get their doctoring done at the blacksmith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think also the pattern I'm noticing in these vacation stories is the one I notice in any group stories where people are put in extremis or put in situations that they don't, can't quite handle. There's one person who's always going to suggest torture eventually, like right. down the road in any group that's large that's four or larger. There's one person who's like, you know, it'll fix this waterboarding. It's a little bit of torture. <laughs> it's just humanity. And there's I don't always... know, man. I just keep seeing a lot of a lot of women realizing they married the wrong Kevin. Well, that leads me to my next person who's ever in every group, which is there's always looking there's someone looking to abandon the weak or injured. There's always somebody who's like, Oh, we're just gonna have to uh, leave you here. And you're like, This is an Arby's. I just have a hangnail. This is <laughs> I don't think we're I don't I don't think we can make it. Listen, we'll send back help. Yeah, you'll be fine. Just stay here. There's horsey sauce. You'll be fine. Uh, the thing about uncles is that they're all brothers, and that b- plays an important role in this story from Andy Pratt on Twitter. This story starts at an Alaskan cruise stop at Icy Strait Point, which sounds safe to start with. The crew's recommended excursions all seemed lame, so the dads decided to make their own excursion. Are your alarm bells going off yet? They should be. After finding a path into the woods, we would just hike to town a few miles away, they said. The path followed some pipes, which eventually ended along with the path. So now we're randomly hiking through the Alaskan wilderness, attempting to find some small town with no map and no sense of direction. Hours pass, and the concern turns to getting back on the cruise. We hike to a spot with some altitude to get our bearings, and we find a road. The problem is we are at the top of a cliff, and the road is below us. Luckily, or so we think, and they should not have, there happens to be a thick rope tied off nearby, offering our path down. Oh, that is a trap. My cousin... Have you never been trained to spot a trap? What exurb are you from? I, I think I think people should know that life is not... The real world is not like a Tomb Raider video game where you're like, ah, a well-placed rope. It's meant for swinging and climbing. That's why the designers put it here. In real life, the video game. So my cousin and I, teenage boys, are sent down first with no problem. The dads are coordinating everything from the top, and my mom is next. As a serious gymnast in her younger days, she should have no problem scaling down the cliff face. 
my brother, younger than 10 and easily bored, alarm bell number five at this point probably, is behind my dad. He pulls a rock out of the wall behind him, looks at it, then drops it. At first, the rock is falling wide left. It deflects at off first. At first, it deflects off the cliff face straight for my mom, who has no idea what is coming. The rock strikes her on the side of the face, and immediately blood is everywhere. Miraculously, she hangs on, dangling twenty feet off the ground, halfway down a cliff, suddenly screaming. She makes she slowly makes it to the bottom in shock, and in town, while getting stitched up, my parents are told that the locals don't hike up in those woods as they are considered haunted and filled with bears. <laughs> Ghost bears! <laughs> what are like... little brothers what are little brothers but uncles that just haven't hatched yet? Exactly. <laughs> also, which it feels like you only need one of those to not hike in a place. Oh, the woods are haunted. Don't go there. Oh, they're full of bears. Oh, they're both. Double up. This I really like this story because it contains a lot of my favorite. We we've talked before about how starting a story with well or it turns out uh, on previous disaster episodes is the harbinger of a really really good disaster. And this story has a couple more. You know, it has uh it seemed. Mm-hmm. It has at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has easily bored. It has um, it, where's the or so we think. Mm-hmm. That's a great mm-hmm. one. Yeah. It has, yeah. has at what, first like, no problem. There's like three or four genres of mail. We had our own idea. That's when you know things are going wrong. Oh, you know, they suggested God. this. But But what do they know? Also, good on mom hanging onto that rope. Congrats on your grip strength. If Mufasa had, had that, we wouldn't have the Lion King movie. See? That was that I guarantee you that was a mother's pure desire to scream at her child later. That was what coursed through her body and said, you will not oh, die yeah. today. She's like, I'm going to live through this so I can beat this child to death. <laughs> yes, you will not die today because you need to tell your husband what a dipshit he is and your sons what dipshits they are. Oh, and that they that, need to stop being scar- like their father. If that's scarred up, if oh, that's boy. scarred up. That's it. That's game over for life. You, you have you to lose, live through you this day. every argument with your mother at the, from that point on. Hey, mom, we're planning the wedding, and we'd really like it to be a points at points at scar. I don't care what you would like. I would like to not have this scar on my face because you got bored. Actually, there's Spencer. Is is now the time to jump in with? Uh, did you want to tell the story of the reader who wrote in? And whose mom immediately wrote in behind him to, to inform us that he's full of shit. Because <laughs> this might have been this might have been my favorite one, and I think that you had claimed it. Uh, yes, let me set that up because it's a two-parter. I have yeah. a quick one to share before that, uh, which is related, by the way, to another thing. Uh, this morning, uh, getting off an airplane, I was told, "Everyone, be careful. Step carefully." Somebody defecated on their way out of the plane. How can this be a Somebody. mystery? How can this be a mystery? I wish we didn't know what state you're in so we could guess. Cause I yeah, because like I would have said it. Ohio. I think we'd get it in under five guesses. I think yeah, I, I think agree with Jason. Under... Yeah, I yeah, agree with Jason. It's, it's, I'll just tell everyone it's Louisiana. Las Vegas, like Nevada, would have been a good guess as well. <laughs> Nevada is a really good guess. Right <laughs> although, there. although in Nevada they wouldn't have told you. That's I think problem. in Nevada it's you shit yourself going getting back on the plane. <laughs> dark, uh, dark horse here, Texas. Oh, I don't know. Just <laughs> ate too much. It's only Claiming so much territory. <laughs> yep, that's just a homestead. Yeah. The the relationship between that. My experience this morning. Or by the way, they eventually put towels down. That was their big solution Did, was to put what? towels down so you could just walk over the poopy towel. Like, like it's a body. CSI has to come investigate. Yeah. You know, like like a passenger on here. I'm sure it was really bad. I hope they're okay. Because that's a terrible moment in life when you're like, well, time to get off the plane. Oh, no. Like that's, that's when you're. Yeah. I wonder if that was a reader. Yeah, probably. If it is. Uh, you can go ahead and DM me at 38 Godfrey <laughs> and tell me everything that happened. 
Yeah, we since we've already established the particulars, there's no need for you to explain what you're doing. Just just start telling the story. If you have pictures, don't provide unnecessary context. Don't waste our maybe time. Maybe it was Ed Orger, maybe it was Ed Ogeron like marking territory, right? The anyway. This, How does this possibly relate to the story I was trying to get you to tell? It doesn't. It's a setup for this story, which is from uh at Coffee Cup. You're Long a terrible time. improv partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> did you notice me not saying yes there either? Um, yes, and this story's from Cuppy Cup. <laughs> Go ahead, Spencer. The story from him uh, via Twitter is the following. It's to the point. Shit myself on the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse, which seemed to be one mile in the air. <laughs> I think I was eight or nine years old. First time at Disney World. <laughs> that would have been my that, that would have been my last. Yeah, that's now. If you'll remember, if you'll remember the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse, the the staircases loop over each other oh yeah they're, they're there's winding. all kinds yeah. of rope ladders yes yeah, so i just have this uh, this <sighs> idea of like an outbreak monkey scene right where he's at the very top lets loose and shuts down the entire tree by himself right and like getting yourself back out every time you come upon a new challenge you're like oh you got to be kidding me i gotta go <laughs> upside down <laughs> yeah we got See, you keep reminding me of disasters. My brother and I also got ourselves like seriously stranded in a Florida hedge maze in the middle of the summer and got heat stroke. I'd like to preface all of this by saying before we started recording, we were discussing what stories we were going to share. And Holly's standpoint was, I don't really have any vacation disasters. Well, because we didn't, this is the thing. These were not treated as emergencies, I guess, because this happened so often that we had a really high baseline. For right. what constituted disaster. Right. This is like asking Mad Max what his vacation disasters are. Yeah. Listen, man, Spencer has seen the rope swing behind my parents' house that we jump off the cliff that we jump off for fun. At it takes a lot. We we are we are bred to be indestructible idiots. Sp- Spencer, was this was there more here? Like, no, he's no, not. He's not going to do. I know. I chugged, I, I'm going to. I'm going to ko okay. for the rest. I'm going to do. That is I'm going to do the one sentence of this horrendous. Yeah, seriously, story. Ryan, do the one that I wanted Spencer to do. No, I've got. I've got. Be it. It's, no, you're done. no, you're it's Ryan's now. No, you could have. No, you could have brought that story up during the Disney World segment, but instead, all three of you read it in unison. No, Ryan, you almost did. So this is from Jay and later Anne McGraw. And call me on Twitter. Uh, let's start with Jay. Got lost and separated from my family getting off Disney's cruise line when I was seven or eight. Never seen my dad more angry when they found me in the ship's arcade room. We had three more days of vacation afterward, but, but my dad didn't speak to me for the rest of the trip. Now that's bad enough. That's pretty hilarious to lose your son and then find him in the video game arcade. It's uh, also there. also like, if I'm being real honest... How was that not one of the first four places you Yes, yeah, seriously, Dad. That's bad right. detective work. But anyway, it turns out he may not have been there at all. So, Mom responds. This is Anne's response. And to be clear, this is our reader's mother coming in and tweeting right behind him that that's not what happened. She says, I don't remember it like that. You were with another family, not in the arcade room. <laughs> yes, your dad was very mad, but I took your side. I didn't know the not speaking part. I'm having PTSD just thinking about it. Look what you did to your mother. <laughs> Look oh. what you did. First of all, you were with another family contains multitudes yeah, potentially. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. I think yeah. I I got to oh. say I side with Anne. Yeah, team Anne. Also Anne, if you or really any reader's mother, if you ever want to come on the show, uh, and just tell us what shitheads your children are. We'll believe you. Get on here. I think we only got um, one disaster based around a mom. 
which I would like to at least throw in just for the sake of some bounds. The almost all disasters, vacation or otherwise, are dad or uncle or brother based. Uh, but this one is from Hey I'm Adam on Reddit. My mother always had a deep fear of leaving something on during vacations. One summer, we made it four hours away from home before she was convinced she left the oven on. Not leaving anyone else with access to the house, she convinced my unwilling father to turn around and head back. 20 miles from the house, we had a blowout. We got home just before sunset to find an oven that was off and a father's will that was broken. I still have not been to Disney World. God, Dakota. But according to Jason, you should feel blessed. Yeah, this sounds better than the yeah. Magic Kingdom. <laughs> um, this is. I have a really short one that I want to throw in here from the delightfully named Rich Homie Don on Twitter. Uh, he included a photo of the van in question because Twitter is a uh, an audio medium and podcast is a visual medium. Um, but just believe me that it lives up to it. It kind of looks like the brave little toaster. Dad tried to take our 2003 Chevy Astro conversion ran off-roading on a beach to get to a lighthouse only accessible from the beach. <laughs> he let the air out of the tires for traction. Oh my god. Oh my Somebody god. was watching a lot of NASCAR. And we made it <laughs> and we made it surprisingly far, but that just made it more difficult for the tow truck to get to us later. Oh my god. You know, that's an example of being just competent enough to get yourself in trouble. This is this is the perfect place for that Patrick Ewing meme from last basketball season. That, Have you ever tried that shot before? Have you ever <laughs> shot that shot before? <laughs> I did something really cool that only made things worse. So stupid. I feel like this is where I usually run into trouble. Can I uh, can yeah. I offer one that I think is football related? Please. Oh, please. Uh, from Aubrey Neely, whose handle is underscore Silver Britches. All right. So we're oh, thinking... this is the guy. This is Wait, the guy is this who, the uh... Silver Britches who who was a railroad this is, hobo this is on the, a yeah, this yeah, is this the guy is the who hopped the train hopper. to the cocktail party and had the worst time of his life? Oh, the cocktail party. Which city is that in? Jacksonville. Well, buddy, we're going back to Jacksonville. <laughs> all right. Oh, Aubrey, bless you. Friend cracked his head on a palm tree planter in Jacksonville. Happens. Was convinced he could stop the bleeding by taking a cold shower. Sure. <laughs> Wait, only now we're... After, James... uh, only, only after I touched his skull with my finger did he agree to go to the <laughs> ER. Spencer, you're a dentist, which is like being a doctor. Is that true? <laughs> totally true. Skull's just a brain tooth. Listen, I think... I think <laughs> Let me let me stay in Florida from Twitter user Aaron Raiden. Uh, this was a conversation between three different Twitter users. So Aaron was in the middle of telling us a buddy of mine got a saltwater catfish tossed at him by his father and it lodged into his forearm by the venomous barbs. <laughs> Spent a good chunk of his beach vacation in a hospital. Then a second user chimes in and says... The same thing happened to my younger brother in Panama City on a youth retreat. A friend threw a catfish at him and it got stuck in his chest. This is Florida Hawkeye. So in comes, <laughs> in comes a third Twitter user saying, I was enjoying an evening stroll on the beach with my wife's family and somehow ended up kicking a dead catfish on the beach that lodged itself into my foot. My wife's sister's boyfriend had to tug it out, and it didn't take one try. Now we're back to Aaron, who says, yeah, they couldn't pull it out by hand, so the youth pastor had to cut the barb with wire cutters so he didn't have to ride to the ER with a dead catfish stuck to his chest. (laughs) If you got pulled over, the cops would be like, we've seen seen this before. Catfish. Nature spike strip. Uh, this This is a television show, Catfished, that I would watch. Yeah, that's true. Fuck, what a disaster. Yeah, I I have one from user at Jack Byram. It's more of a visual to put in your head. A scenario, if you will. I think this is a video game. Somebody needs to sell it. Give me the Parents elevator. Check- Give me the elevator pitch for Home Alone 5, <laughs> Spencer. It's it's a contemporary story about the surveilled home. Parents check the live feed on our house on their iPhones to check on the pets. 
only to discover the house besieged by several raccoons. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many questions. I have none. I have none. Where are the pets? One. Did they just go, well, I guess it's theirs now. The pets just went native. It's like, yeah, yeah we're, the, we're part of this clan now. We we work for you now. <laughs> Two, after a couple of hours of horror, do you just start watching for entertainment? Like, well, look, they got into the Cheez-Its. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, look, they're really crafty. Yeah, look. Man, look, they turned the TV on. I think, I think they're watching Fixer Upper. They're paying show. our bills. Leave them be. <laughs> like, I'm just recording and posting at that point, right? Like, raccoons had friends over. Awesome. <laughs> Met the neighbors over. Dave! Traitor! How dare you? Hi, I'm Amanda Clute, Editor-in-Chief of Eater. And I am Daniel Janine, a producer here at Eater. And we are here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Eater's yeah, Digest. Every week on the show, we dive into the weirdest, funniest, and most important stories in the world of food. With the inside scoop from the biggest names in the industry and expert insights from the Eater Newsroom. Uh, It's a really fun time, so I would say subscribe to Eater's Digest for free today on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. Hey everyone, this is Kara Swisher, Editor-at-Large of Recode. And I'm Scott Galloway, Professor of Marketing at NYU Stern School of Business. And we want to tell you about Pivot, our weekly podcast. That's right, Kara. It's a chance for not the little dog, but the big dog. What's the language he speaks? Podcast and woof. No, essentially, you say crazy things and I keep you in check. That's how this works, this relationship Oh, just try. Don't stand too close to my flame. You might get burned. Oh, my God. It's like I have a third teenager. Scott and I spent all week in the trenches holding business leaders' feet to the fire, fearlessly tweeting at the Zuckerbergs of the world. And then we come into the studio and argue about which one of us knows more about what happened this week. It's typically me. But go on, Scott. Every Friday morning, we drop a new episode and talk about the impact on society and your life. Also, we break down the winners and losers, and we are prediction machines. Yes, Scott is a prediction machine. I'm not. He always says we, which is a very sweet thing, because I never really make predictions. But he gazes into his crystal ball to tell you about where all of this is heading, and he is very often correct. And here's the secret. I gaze into my burrito bowl. Get it? (laughs) Crystal ball, burrito bowl? I guess. Uh, Anyways. That sounds good to you, and how could it not? Subscribe to Pivot with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway for free. The low, low price of free on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app.